In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Well, Merry Christmas to all of you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. How awesome it is to be in the Lord's house with you all this special morning, celebrating our Lord's incarnation and birth. In fact, I can hardly imagine there being a place more fitting for us to be on a day like Christmas except heaven itself. Already when you walked in, you can smell the sweet fragrance of our heavenly home wafting down to meet us here. I love it, and I hope you do too. And I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed feeling the anticipation of this day build over the course of the Advent season up till now. We've been waiting, preparing, and yearning even to celebrate this day. We spent ample time contemplating the scriptures and considering the astonishing implications of Christ assuming our human nature. We've devoted ourselves to prayer during our Advent midweek services and learned how our Lord Jesus, the enfleshed Son of God, was born of the Blessed Virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and reveals the Father to us, all of which, of course, is absolutely crucial for our salvation. And the past few weeks have also given us opportunity to enjoy the rich life and fellowship we have with one another. The soup suppers were simply phenomenal. I hope you got to enjoy that. The ladies of our church gathered here to sing hymns and read through Christ's infancy narratives during their Advent by Candlelight event just a few weeks ago. And, of course, who could forget our famed children's Christmas program that we had just this past Sunday? What a joyous thing it, it was. What a precious thing it was to see our little ones come up here and enact the story of our Savior's birth. Can you imagine the smile? It must have brought our Lord to see such a thing. I bet the angels in heaven were delighted at it. What a blessing. What a blessing it's been to be a part of all these things. And dear friends, if you've neglected to participate in cultivating a deeper piety in Christ this season, look to do so during Lent. In the last four weeks alone, God has greatly enriched our faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of all our sins. And not just that, but he's also strengthened the sacred bond of unity that we all have together in him. Everything we've been doing since the beginning of Advent up till now has been building, leading us towards this day, the pinnacle of the season. And what a magnificent day it is, dear ones, the day that we celebrate our Lord's birth. This event is truly cause for us all to celebrate and to be uplifted in our spirit. Today we praise God and treasure in our hearts the fact that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is the second person of the most holy trinity, the eternal Son of God, through whom all things were made, united himself to his own handiwork. And the same St. John, who wrote our gospel text for today, also tells us in his first epistle the reason Christ appeared. And that is this, 
to destroy the works of the devil. The Son of God didn't assume our human nature to help us get our dream job or to shower us with material wealth or any such nonsense that we hear from false teachers today. While God cares for us in all our needs, this is most certainly true, the Son of God assumes our human nature for our greatest and most absolute need. The scriptures teach that the Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. And thus, while it may not be customary for us to think or speak in this way, the story of Christmas is fundamentally one of warfare. Christ Jesus, the light of the world, has invaded the devil's kingdom. The light shines in the darkness, our text says, and the darkness has not overcome it. Just consider for a moment what that statement means, dear friends. All the forces of darkness that have tyrannized the world since Adam and Eve fell into sin are in view here. Not just the devil and his fallen angels, but also sin and death. Think of the sheer magnitude of those enemies. When you turn on the news and you see reports of terrible, disgusting things, these are not anomalies in an otherwise good and normal world. Dear friends, sin and death are the norm. And whatever good that can be found is actually anomalous. Politicians become lawless and corrupt. Pandemics ravage our society. The poor are exploited by the wealthy. We hear of false religions, wars, and rumors of wars. And people the world over suffer from addiction, depression, disease, and broken relationships to say nothing of the evil that comes forth out of our own hearts daily. All of creation is subject to death and decay. All of creation is subject to this darkness. These are the devil's works. They are too mighty for any mere mortal to defeat. The devil has made war against the Lord our Maker. And he rages fiercely against all that is good and God-pleasing. The darkness seeks to overcome the light. But God our Father was not content to abandon us in our fallen state. He would not let the darkness have its way, ultimately. And so, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his only Son, born of woman, to destroy the works of the devil. This Son of God is the one whom we confess in the Nicene Creed to be God from God, light from light, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven. He came to triumph over the darkness, to crush the head of that ancient serpent. We still await the final destruction of the devil's works and the total recreation of heaven and earth. Clearly, that day is yet to come. Nevertheless, the invasion of the light into the kingdom of darkness has already begun. And it began in a way that no one expected. 
the decisive event inaugurating both the end times and the restoration of all creation is in fact the nativity of our Lord Jesus. When we envision or see depicted the classic nativity scene with the shepherds, the holy angels, the Virgin Mary, and especially the infant Christ, we typically smile and we think how endearing and pleasant it all is. And and it's true, we're not wrong to think that. But dear Christians, that's not how the devil and his angels see things. When they look on the Christ child, they are utterly horrified at what they see. For they see the one in whom the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. They see the precious newborn hands of the one who would grow and heal the disease of every sick person and restore sight to the blind. They see the little feet of the one who would walk on water and subdue all the forces of chaos, trampling them down underfoot. They look on the tender face of the baby Jesus, and they see the face of God in human flesh. They listen to the soft cries of our infant Savior, and they hear the thunder of many waters, the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring long and loud. Dear friends, we may only perceive an ordinary infant, but the demons cannot help but perceive the true light who shines forth in abundance, whose brilliant radiance is blinding, who in our human flesh is filled with all the splendor of divine majesty. Truly, the nativity of our Lord is gentle and pleasing to us. But the devil and those with him flee in terror from the infant Christ. For the darkness can do nothing but scatter when faced with the light of the world. And even some years later, when it seemed as though the darkness had prevailed, when it seemed all hope was lost, there was still something deeper, very much at work. When the Lord of glory was bloodied, beaten, and crucified, he atoned for all our sins. He bore our shame and all our sorrows and tasted death for us on the tree. And in the darkness of his sealed tomb, the light shone brightly on the third day, and the darkness could not overcome him. The same Jesus Christ, the firstborn of the Blessed Virgin, rose from the grave victorious and became the firstborn from the grave. And Jesus lives never to die again. As I said before, Christ came in the flesh to destroy the works of the devil. He also came to draw all men to himself to envelop us in his light, to have his light shine within us, and even to have us join the fight against the darkness. Dear Christians, we know ultimately the war is won already on account of our Lord's resurrection. As surely as I stand before you now, that fact is sure and certain. Even so, While victory is guaranteed, 
still the battle against the darkness rages. And indeed, it must be fought. We must fight, for we've become people of the light. We are those who have been illumined through the holy mystery of baptism into Christ. And the light of the world now resides within us by faith. And thus we've become milites Christi in Latin. We are the soldiers of Christ, and he is our conquering general. And we've been called to wage spiritual warfare against the darkness. Listen how St. Paul describes this warfare in his epistle to the church in Rome, and pay careful attention to his language here. Let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The call to spiritual warfare has sounded. The call to arms has gone forth. We must do battle against our flesh, against the darkness of our lusts and every impurity. We must pray for those who persecute us and confess the truth of God's word even when faced with hostility. For Christ has made us his soldiers and we bear his holy mark upon us. In ancient times, soldiers were tattooed with the mark of their general to signify the one under whom they fought. Dear Christians, we have been marked with the Holy Cross in our baptism. Christ has claimed us as his own. We are his and he is ours. And all of you who have lapsed into works of darkness, if you've fallen into sin while fighting the good fight, take heart. The savior of our fallen race has come. Your conquering Lord comes to you this day, full of grace and ready to forgive you all your sins. Be raised, O soldier, in that forgiveness and go forth once more into the fight. For Christ, our light, has gone before us and triumphed against the darkness and he gives us his victory. The incarnate Son of God has conquered in the fight, and he has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Hail, O Jesus, Son of David, we greet thee. Hail, incarnate deity, we exalt thee. Hail, O light of the world, we receive thee. Indeed, Christ shines brightly in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome him. To the same Jesus Christ be all power, honor, and glory unto the ages of ages. Amen.